News. 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 New York City. FAQ NYC podcast getting more and more interesting by the minute. FAQ. It's a Monday morning, and I'm joined again by Romel Echojeda, a documentarian, small d, and the engagement reporter for Documented, Big D, the nonprofit news site dedicated solely to covering New York's immigrants and the policies that affect their lives. You can find them online at documentedny.com. The last time we spoke, uh, Ramel filled listeners in on the tapped out $2.1 billion excluded workers fund. And since then, he's been continuing to report about the fund, including the uh, predictable, perhaps, and nonetheless Kafka-esque problems that undocumented people working in the cash economy have had in getting the documentation they need to provide to tap into the program. And in his two most recent reports, excluded workers fund hit with debit card thefts and agency finds no error as scammer steals 14 K from excluded workers fund for luxury watches. Uh, he's dug into the problems with the uh, company Blackhawk that is uh, dispersing this program on behalf of the uh, state as, as people have been hit uh, with, with the same scam. Lots of other people have been hit with at ATMs where their account gets skimmed and then somebody else taps into their money. Uh, one person described this as something that feels like a second pandemic that is only affecting undocumented workers. I'm talking about thousands of dollars in some cases. Uh, Ramel, would you just, uh, Fill our listeners in on on your reporting here, please. Yeah, thank you, Harry. And as you mentioned, you know, the Excluded Workers Fund was this successful program that gave, you know, around 130,000 New Yorkers, you know, a one-time grant of up to $15,000. And unfortunately, you know, some of these recipients fell victim to credit card skimming. Um, we don't believe they were targeted or we don't have the proof, you know, that they were targeted specifically by the criminals. Uh, we know that credit card skimming has been on the rise and they happen to be, you know, to fall victim to this as well. Uh, and so around the months of November and December, we started receiving, you know, messages from our users who told us that they had, uh, they were missing money from their accounts. You know, some people said $400, some people said, you know, $4,000. And we began looking into it. We, you know, asked for their bank statements. We asked for, you know, where they had withdrawn their money. We tried to compare it. And we saw, we started to see like a pattern, you know, where they were withdrawing money for the past three weeks in the same location. And all of a sudden, you know, there is a withdrawal in Long Island, you know, as opposed to Queens, for example. And that's how we began looking more into it. We made a call out and... Uh, from two people that we were talking at first, we were speaking to 20 now. Uh, of course, some people there are very, you know, cautious of, you know, giving us their documentation. So we were not able to prove that everybody had lost the money. But we uh, we saw, like, we reviewed to all people's documentation and police reports that they did, in fact, lose, like, uh, you know, around... I believe between $2,000 and, you know, in some cases, $6,000 by December. Um, the problem usually, you know, that when you lose money in credit card skimming, the bank backs you up right away. You're not really held liable for it. Um, what we're seeing now, unfortunately, is that, uh, you know, this is not the case with this uh, debit cards. 
at least you know for some people um there have been certain people that they received the money right uh in the past few months uh we know that um you know for transactions that were made online by the criminals it's easier to get the money but for those that were you know either the credit card clone or they had uh withdrawn money in person or made purchases in person it's a little more difficult to prove um i don't know exactly how yeah and it seems like at least in some of the cases you're reporting on that there's something of a game of hot potato between Blackhawk, the company that's uh, dispersing this money on behalf of New York State and New York State. And, and I'm hoping you can take listeners through uh, the, what, what happened with this woman who identifies herself as, uh, as, as Stephanie. Right. So it's, uh, you know, hot potato is like, I guess, the perfect way to put it. Because when Stephanie, you know, she had got the credit, the debit card back in September and was planning to use it for an emergency because she was able to make some money on the side by working, you know, numerous jobs. And, you know, she went to a bank, to her bank, which was Bank of America, and the teller told her that she couldn't withdraw the money. This happened in December recommended that she should go across the street to this 7-Eleven and withdraw from an ATM. She had seen on the news, you know, multiple reports that, you know, credit card skimming was happening, was very skeptical, checked the machine, checked the keypad, and didn't find, didn't seem to find anything that was, you know, wrong with it. She withdrew $400, took it back to the bank, deposited it. The next day she was shopping at TJ Maxx and then her car declined. She goes online and then she sees this transaction, this pending transaction for $47,000. Um, you know, right away she knew what happened to her. And not a TJ Maxx, right? At, at a luxury watch seller. Yeah, luxury watch, watch seller, which is, uh, you know, telling, I guess. Um, so right away she knew what was happening to her. She called Blackhawk. They told her it was okay because, you know, first of all, she didn't have $47,000 there. She only had uh, 14200 by then. Um, and then they told her to wait up to 10 days until the transactions post. The next day, posted for $14,175, I believe. And, you know, ever since then, she has been in this odyssey of trying to get her money back. You know, she... Uh, filed the claims. She did the, um, you know, that what the DL recommends, which is contact, contacting Blackhawk, getting a form, getting it notarized, taking it to the police, doing a police report, and then sending it back to Blackhawk. Technically, you know, once you have that evidence, they sh and you know, another thing I should mention is that uh, an, an NYPD. Detective got involved because the watch company called them, you know, to investigate the this case, which the watch company reported as, you know, a theft. You know, instead of putting it as fraud, they put it as, you know, theft. And that police officer told uh, Stephanie that um, a a local police officer to the area of where the ATM was located, they had found, you know skimming devices in that ATM that she had used. So that's one piece that, you know, she has in her favor, I believe. And when, you know, when she was waiting like for the decision to come from Blackhawk, 
she thought that everything was under control because, you know, you had this NYPD officer saying that there was, you know, fraud. You had the watch company, you know, putting a report for, you know, theft. And she already did all the steps. And so on January 24th, she was surprised when she got the email from Blackhawk saying that, you know, there was no error found. Again, you know, she started calling them. They told them that the DOL was now in charge of making those decisions. She tried to get in touch with the Department of Labor and she hasn't been able to get through ever, you know, since. Um, she shared with us certain conversations that she had with the, um, with the department, with the, with, with a representative from Blackhawk. And on the conversation, we were able to hear the represent representatives say that, you know, their Blackhawk is no longer, you know, making the decisions, you know, on those cases, but it's up to the DOL and any decision that they make, they are able to send them the, um, I guess you can say the evidence, like after the case has been decided. So they cannot really tell her anything. Um, right now she's in the appeal process. We don't know how that works. We we tried contacting the Department of Labor, Department of Labor, and also Blackhawk, and they just haven't been, um, you know, giving us the details of how things work. You know, because we want to let our readers know that you know, even though it might be a um, a small number of victims, we still want to let them know that they can you know file an appeal. But we don't know how the process works, and we don't know what's going on. So I, I know from your reporting that you got a letter from Blackhawk saying no errors occurred. As such, your case is considered resolved and closed. This maybe uh, that, that, that seems wild. I know prior to that, when she first went to the police uh, at her precinct, um, you say the, the officer replied with amusement. What's going on? Why is everyone coming in with these same cases? And, and and so as a closing note here, do you have any sense uh, from from the WhatsApp community that's, that's providing you information from the state, from Blackhawk about how widespread a problem this is? Or is this one of those things, that, that, an, a, another issue where it's, it's very hard to uh, to track or to document? I know the NYPD isn't keeping any separate statistics on this. Yeah, so that's the NYPD is not keeping like any you know specific statistics on this. Uh, from the WhatsApp of from where we have like two thousand members, we were able to gather like twenty two people who were affected by this. We confirmed thirteen um, by looking at the evidence. The others, you know, now want to share the documents. Uh, we spoke with Catalina Cruz, who said that their office had helped uh, 70, 70 people apply. You know file claims with the police department. And then there was this um, this Chinese newspaper that had written, you know, an article where they said that uh, 400 claims had been made in the in December in the in the police prison in Flushing, I believe. And Catalina Cruz, by the way, is the assembly member who represents um, in Queens, uh, Corona and uh, Elmhurst and uh, Jackson Heist. Yes. So we know, we don't know exactly how many people were affected by this. Um, and we actually, you know, tried asking the Department of Labor and also Blackhawk, like the number of complaints that have been submitted. But, you know, uh, as they cannot confirm or deny any, any investigations, they weren't able to provide us with the, with the numbers that we were looking for. Um, 
But, you know, I should mention that um, from that 22 people that we spoke, uh, three people have been denied, you know, their uh, claims. Um, they even reached out to us, like after we made the publication, some people reached out to us saying that they are in the same problem and, you know, they need a help. Um, so we're trying to see what's the best way for them to get, you know, perhaps in touch with the Department of Labor or a representative that can help them look at the case again. Well, thank you again for uh, taking the time here. Uh, we'll talk again. And in the meantime, if any of our listeners want to uh, want, want to reach out or read more, like uh, how, how would they uh, uh, connect with you and connect with Doc? Yeah, so they can find me through their web to, through the website. It's www.documentedny.com. And if they go through on the bottom, we have this WhatsApp link. They can click on it and they'll be in touch with me directly in our WhatsApp community. Or they can also find me on Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, my links are on the website as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, Harry. F-A-Q. F-A-Q.